This week we spoke to Annabelle Padwick. Annabelle is a gardener, author and therapist and used gardening to soothe her own mental health issues. Our conversation looked at her journey in mental health and how gardening and nature helped her and how lockdown may change the way we view nature and well-being. As ever, if you enjoy the episode, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. Annabelle, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. So, yeah, like I was saying just then, to start with, we always ask about um, what your kind of personal experiences around mental health are, but then also um, also with you, your kind of professional experiences as well. Yeah, so I'll try and keep it a little bit a little bit shorter, <laughs> but, but as, long, as long as it can be. Um, but I think I've always until more recently I'd always struggled with some aspect of mental ill health I suppose from even if you're looking at as far as like low confidence that sort of thing um as a child I wasn't I suppose when I was little when I was in my house like with just my family I was probably quite confident and outgoing but then as soon as I was in for example like school I was really insecure really low had really low confidence and really didn't understand how to make friends and went into secondary school and then you I found that you had those clicks of people and I felt like I didn't really want to be in a particular click I wanted to be friends with everyone but that's not acceptable when you're in secondary school it's not cool so I sort of struggled between trying to be friends with everybody but then yeah then just being on my own quite a bit as well because that didn't seem to work I'd always struggled with the confidence side of stuff anyway and then as I then got older and, beca- and became an adult, I suppose I still struggled. And looking back, actually, I thought I was really confident, but actually I was probably quite vulnerable. So I put myself into probably a lot of situations that were very vulnerable. But at the time thinking, oh, it's fine. Like, I'm just super confident. That's what it is. But it wasn't. It was definitely vulnerability more than anything um that meant that I yeah different situations happened and then when I was 21 I was suddenly got labyrinthitis which is an ear infection that probably a lot of people have had over the time and basically it makes everything spin um so you can't really stand up or anything otherwise you just fall over and bounce off the walls is what I did so you basically have to lie down indoors until it goes and so that's what I did but then when I got better from that, what it left me with was a severe anxiety where I couldn't even go out my front door for the fear that I would go out again and everything would start spinning again and I'd fall over. And, so, and in the way anxiety works and those sorts of things work, obviously then I catastrophized it even more to the point where I just wouldn't go out. Um, and I went to my GP and told them how I was feeling and they sort of said okay well you can either take tablets which I didn't want to do at that point um or you can have group CBT therapy so cognitive behavioral therapy um so I thought I would give that a go and decided that after about three sessions I really didn't like it at all um I think it can work for some people and actually CBT as a general therapy is amazing 
Um, but I found with the group sessions, actually, what it did for me was just it was a group of people all in the same situation, which is quite nice in the sense that you realise you're not on your own, especially when you're in a home environment. At that point, I was where nobody really understood it. Um, but the downside to it was everyone was in the same boat. So if you were trying to have some positive motivation around you, you couldn't get that in that environment because everyone was just very much flat. Um, so I stopped doing that and decided there was no other alternative option for me. So it went through a process of sort of throwing myself in the deep end, which led to a series of panic attacks over and over again. But I thought, this is the only way I'm going to get better is if I force myself outside. And it took, I'd say, at least two years to get to the point where I was probably comfortable outside. But that took me from talking to people on the phone, from going outside my front door to when I got home. Um, carrying two things around in my handbag for two years that meant that I was okay in my head. I was just, it became a coping mechanism. Until, yeah, about two years later when I realised that I'd forgotten one of those things and that perhaps, and I'd been okay, so maybe I didn't need them. Then I gradually sort of just stopped taking that with me just, and it's gradually got better over the years. Um, but what I felt found is that I never really hadn't dealt with that and then I went, that relationship I was in the time then broke down a few years later um, and was an horrific breakup that was really traumatic and that I probably thought I'd dealt with, but at that point definitely hadn't dealt with it any time. And in the next couple of years, I still hadn't dealt with it. That um, so I stayed single for about a year and then I went into another relationship, which at the time I thought was good. But actually, if I dealt with all the trauma and everything that had happened throughout my life, I definitely wouldn't have gone on to that other relationship, which then turned out to be an abusive, toxic relationship for about two and a half years. Um, and then out of that, I then decided that I needed one to get out of that relationship. But I did the whole leave, go back, leave, go back. Um, and you, when you're in it, when you're not in it, you think you would never do that. But And you hear stories about it. You think, why do people go back? And then actually when you're in it, it's totally under you can see it you can understand it because you're doing it yourself um and then eventually got to a point where it was too much and I left um and I managed to get out of that situation and it got to well it went to court and all those sorts of things um and then I had about a year of psychotherapy alongside my allotment so just as I went into that relationship I got an allotment um didn't have a clue what I was doing but for some reason I thought it's going to give me something to hold on to it might give me a purpose it might help with my mental health I don't know why I thought that I just thought it was just this thing in my head that went just give it a go um so I started growing my own food and documenting my whole journey online as a blog um so that was in 2015 and then it's sort of the the nature of growing my own food totally changed my life alongside a year of I had a year of psychotherapy sort of at the same time as a sentencing a bit later on but it between those two things of growing my own food and watching everything those seeds that look like nothing suddenly with a bit of nurture a bit of care from me turn into giant pumpkins or marrows or carrots or whatever it was that and that was all me there's a bit of nature obviously there's nature involved as well but that was me putting that effort in and it shows me that I can achieve stuff and I can do stuff and the my allotment and garden was the space where I could go to escape the relationship to escape 
work to escape university because I was juggling work and uni at the same time as well and it was just where I could go and sit and be around all these things that actually that I had grown and that was all that was all me and that gave me hope all those seeds was just gave me hope that I could stay focused for another six months and I could grow I could turn that into some produce and things so yeah it was between the combination of the gardening and the psychotherapy that massively then totally changed my life and my outlook which is then why I decided that last I had the plan for about two years yeah about two years ago to get better so I was in the middle of psychotherapy then get better and then what if I could create a series of programs that I'd never had throughout my life that were a combination of growing my own food and CBT style psychotherapy that I'd had at a private mental health hospital that was totally one-to-one which a lot of people can't afford what if I could create the combine those basic combinations of both into those series of programs so that's what I then spent a long time doing and then eventually last year I quit my old career which was totally different career and decided to start delivering the program so now that's what I do so I work into primary and secondary schools supporting all ages um, and boys and girls at the moment it's well before lockdown it was predominantly girls the teenage girls which people say oh that's probably the most challenging isn't it is teenagers but actually for me and it is the most challenging but if you get it right it's the most rewarding as well because I think if you can help people at that time which is such a weird scary time anyway even if you're not struggling with mental health then you can make a big difference and set them up for life really with a lot more skills so I do that and then I another two days a week I set up an adult therapy site which is just opened in the last couple of weeks because of lockdown so I've been able to have the first adult come on site and choose their own allotment slots so yes that's yeah that, I think that's about what I do now and then I do lots of writing uh, whether that's articles and books and then just lots of talking about what I do really yeah that's 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 really impressive and I think from from what I've heard kind of on the great ride line the most impressive thing might be being able to get an allotment because aren't they don't they have massive waiting times to get yeah so I think some some have got I've heard of people that have waited like 12 years like crazy amounts of time for one I was when I got mine so I was 26 when I got no 27 when I got mine but I had only waited I had about a six month wait which isn't which is pretty good actually but when I got it it was an overgrown total mess which then made it really tricky because then you're starting from total mess, not from a sort of a blank canvas. Um, so you've already got a challenge on your hands before you've even really started. Um, but yeah, so no, it's nice to be able to now give back, create mini allotments and give them to other people as a blank canvas without all the weeds in them in the first place. Yeah, so just to, to kind of go back to, to, to what you were talking about at the start when you went in to see your doctor and you got offered um, uh, group CBT or medication. What I, I think I had probably almost exactly the same offer, um, you know, medication straight away or CBT in a group setting, um, but there was a massive waiting time for the group setting. Um, uh, what was, and I was also, I didn't take up the medication because I was kind of, uh, at the time I kind of worried that, 
that it would kind of alter my personality or, or something like that what was what was your aversion to to accepting the medication and did you kind of feel that it was just like a um I kind of felt that it was just a bit of a sticking plaster that and actually it's kind of been borne out that I needed to address kind of the root causes of my issue rather than and then medication became helpful um but what 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 was what was it for you yeah I think you've nailed it right there I think I'm generally very anti-tablets anyway I always have been my mum's a nurse so I think I've always had that that idea around me but then obviously I think two things that struck me was that I was literally in that doctor surgery for what five minutes because the appointment 10 minutes I was in there for five minutes they'd never heard anything about my anxiety before until that point and within five minutes they were offering med- me medication and for me I actually found that quite shocking because I thought you don't actually I've just told you I feel anxious and I'm having I don't want to go outside that's all I've pretty much told you and you already wanted to give me tablets and you don't actually know where it's come from why it's happening or asked me any other further questions. So I think that worried me anyway. Um, and I just thought it was all a bit rushed um, just to give me medication or something when they didn't actually know if that was probably, that might be the right thing or nothing. It just felt like, yeah, it was just a, a quick fix type thing. I'll take that. Um, and that's not necessarily the GP's fault at point. At times I've, I've probably criticized GPs quite a lot because they do do that um, and it's been so often but then actually now I work with a lot of GPs and I sat down with them it's so hard for them because they literally have got 10 minutes and they want to help you so sometimes and they're told and sometimes that is what they have to do but yeah I think that was part of it and then I also felt like I wanted to fix the root cause I was adamant that's what I wanted to do and I'd been brought up with other people around me that had struggled with mental health that had never dealt with the root causes which had then impacted on me heavily. And I still think that impacted on my own mental health, that when I then went to get help, I struggled just because I was sort of seen as the one you don't really talk about it. Um, Yeah, so I just wanted to try and, I suppose, start a new slate and be the person that actually dealt with those causes and got help and tried to stop that circle of happening or the cycle of happening down generations, for example. but yeah, I was trying to just, I wanted to steal those root causes, really. Yeah, and, and what was it about um, kind of tending to your allotment and, and, and growing things that that you think was so beneficial for your mental health? And was it necessary? Um, do you think you could have recovered in the way that you did if you didn't combine it with the psychotherapy and the kind of one-on-one CBT? Uh... There's, yeah, there's no way on earth I'd be where I am today if it wasn't for the allotment and growing my own food. There's no doubt about it. I think because I'd started, so I started growing my own food in 2015 and I didn't have the private psychotherapy until, I want to say, 2017? Yeah, so it's about two years later. Um, and that was when I got to the point when I had a total breakdown. Um, and I had people around me say like I wasn't even able to work pocket work I thought I was and then I had like my manager called me into the room I had someone else that had heard about what was going on that sort of called me one to one side and was like you okay we think you probably should be signed off and you should probably get help and I was like no so it got to that point where I was I was having serious paranoia that I was 
but I was still sort of trying to sort of go through the moment, pretend I was okay. But that was probably where the psychotherapy then came into play. But so I'd say the allotment for those two years and beyond, it just gave me a purpose and a place where I could go and also a thing to believe in and a reason to believe in myself and to keep going and to keep trying to get out of the situations that I was in or for example to keep going with my degree and to do well in my degree and it just gave me that escapism place but it also as I said you you have these tiny seeds which look like nothing and at that point I sort of saw all my dreams and hopes as these tiny things of nothing that I wasn't sure if I could ever achieve and then well I noticed with the seeds was actually if I gave them a bit of love and a bit of care and food and water um, and some support then they could bloom into these amazing different things and I thought then it made me realize one we're so similar to a plant um, some would say we have more complicated emotions but now I've dealt with a lot of plants I would say we're pretty, we're pretty much on par as well with that because um, all plants are super fussy as well um, but yeah it just gave me that connection I thought okay what if I apply the same theory of what plants need to myself so if I give myself amount of care the same amount of patience actually because I'm awful with patience I've got better over the years thanks to plants but otherwise my patience was shocking um what if I can play those same theories and what if it would help with either sticking well with my own my old career in terms of progressing what if it could help me with uni what could help me with get out of that relationship or just generally believe in myself a bit more and that that's what it gave me and you can't help but feel a bit more proud of yourself I think which is a really important word and when you sit there outside which is a generally come more calming space than four walls anyway sometimes um, if it's a safe environment and just look at everything that I had grown around me was all me and I just think that yeah was definitely a great sense of pride and you can't go say oh no that wasn't me or I had the help of other people um, and try and sort of not knock it down a bit but you know what I mean in terms of yeah you have to take the full pride of it because it is all you um so that was I think that's why it really helped a lot and it's just a natural thing of being outside in nature I think and there was less noise um there was no pressure to get it right or to get it wrong there's nobody constantly watching me or judging me whereas I think a lot of aspects otherwise especially with your mental health I felt like there was a lot of people watching me or waiting to see what I did especially when I got to the paranoia point point where you're just thinking yeah everybody's judging me whereas at the allotment I could go there and no, I nobody was really judging me it was just my little place where I could escape so so what 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 made you um want to start bringing this into schools and then eventually uh into adults as well and and how tough was that transition to to doing that and then eventually quitting your job yeah I think the decision, the want to do it was there before I even had a clue how I was going to do it. I think I just decided that I had to do it. It was more of this thing of, yeah, I just have to do this. I have to come up with something that helps other people that so that when they, whether they're a child or whether they're in their 20s like I was, that can go to their GP and you never know, they might be offered a third option, whether that's gardening as a therapy or whether that's sport music art therapy I've always wanted there to be another third option or a couple of other alternative options for people where tablets or group CBT for example doesn't work or 
as you said, the waiting list sometimes for group CBT and especially for one-to-one is ridiculous and most people can't afford private one-to-one either I was lucky through my old work they funded it otherwise there's no I could never afford the, the thousands of pounds that it costs um so I think it came from there and with I'd always said actually I wanted to do it for adults and then I talked about it uh, a show a couple of years well, a few years ago at Gardeners World Live and there was a little girl in the audience called Isabel who's eight who was eight at the time and I talked about, yeah, I wanted to create these adult programs, create the adult site, which is what I've done. But she turned around at the end of it and she was really upset. And she was talking to me about her story. And she said, you made me believe in myself, which one was emotional. I was an emotional wreck, as you can imagine. But she also turned around and she looked at me really seriously and went, but what about me? And in that second, and I've never hesitated it ever since, is I went, right, I'm doing schools um and I thought I don't have a clue how I'm going to do schools I don't know what I'm doing but I'm going to find a way and I'm going to do something that is that would be for her and her age group um so that's very much where it came from and then it came from just trying to play around and put things together um to do it and then I started approaching schools um and it's something totally different that they've never seen or done before um but luckily one school gave it a go and they started seeing the results because I tracked them and there's like feedback forms at the end of it and things like that and you started seeing the, the changes in the girls and especially when they noticed it themselves even more um that's even more powerful but yeah then it was started thinking right okay this is working and then I opened the adult site and that's already working within a couple of weeks I had someone turn around to me and they just said thank you so much because you've given me somewhere safe that I can go that's outside and that means everything to me. So I think, yeah, to be here now and to doing it is, is quite surreal in a way. But I think actually what it's done is given me, is made me able to make sense of everything. Because I think when you're struggling with mental health or any sort of ill health, you can look at it and go, why, why, why was I put through all of that? Why did I have to go through all of those different situations? Why couldn't someone scoop me up a little bit earlier? Or and helped me or why was I more res- why can't I be more resilient and handled it in a different way where maybe I didn't care um and actually I think now now doing what I do I wouldn't be able to do what I do now and help the people that I do if I hadn't been through everything that I've been through because otherwise I'd be totally unrelatable um and that's what I base what I work on is more relatability and experience more than qualifications I've done some now but it's still nowhere to the degree of like other people that do the work but I think I, I've got that experience that actually yeah money can't buy and it makes it a lot more easier for me to understand and go right okay yeah I went through all of that and this is the reason why so I can now help other people with their lives yeah absolutely I think that's probably what makes you so good at what you do is that you know people can relate to you and something that's been um I suppose quite a pressing issue and, and with the people that we've spoken to before about kind of nature and mental health is I'm not quite sure where you work but particularly during when people were trapped inside during their during the lockdown period a lot of people with kind of gardens and green spaces were saying you know that was a, a refuge for them and, and a place that that they kind of enjoyed spending time in and that actually uh, for them the kind of lockdown wasn't too bad because they had that space um, 
does your work take people that may not have access to those green spaces or those allotments and introduce them to something new? Um, so in terms of lockdown was really tough, obviously, because it, it limited everything. Any man, all the mental health service supports had to totally shut, which was awful and just sent me into a right panic anyway, because I was just thinking all these people are already struggling. Now they're going to be even worse with no support. But I think now, so now what I do with the adult therapy is I give people that they might have a garden. I don't question whether they have a garden or not, to be honest, but I give them their own mini allotment outside space where they can come and it's in a safe environment and there's not too many people but everyone there is struggling with some sort of degree of mental ill health um, they don't know what each of the what they all are I do obviously for safety and things like that but they don't um, but they know that everyone is there in a mission to try and get better to rebuild themselves and have some sort of control and ownership and hope for help hope that plants help so so I, yeah I give out outdoor spaces to people and then would they have my support whether it's from a mental health perspective or from a gardening advice perspective and um, then I, that's what I'm there for so yeah I suppose yeah that's what I do and then schools it's all outdoors but it's using in the outdoor spaces that schools have and then sometimes it's in a classroom setting which seems a bit weird for a nature-based program but for example if you're working with um so I work a lot as a sort of teenage girls and some of them will wear lots of makeup um and actually sometimes that's the way they get through the day that's the way they survive because they're struggling with all those issues of what beauty is how beauty is and they might already be struggling with self-harm and different things like that so their makeup is the only way they get through the day and can go to school and can do everything that they do so if I said we're going outside in the rain to do digging that is the worst thing I could possibly do to that child um, so actually when it's raining, I will say, right, we're staying indoors, but we bring it inside. So, and I make it more relatable, especially for teenagers. So we'll do natural lip balms and they have to learn about all the botanicals of the plants and how to extract the oils. But at the end of it, they get to make their own lip balm, which makes it more fun. They just have the plants. So it's still plants linked into it. And we do the same with body scrubs and things like that. Um, so it's just adapting it and changing it. One, for the people that are on the programme, but also, yeah, for what what I think is relatable and more needed for those individuals. But as much as we can, if it's sunny, then we're outside. Um, and then help you getting their input into redesigning the school space. Um, and that's sometimes they're weeding, sometimes they're digging, sometimes they're planting. Yeah, they get a mixture of all different things. Kind of related to the last question, can you see that, um, I think, I don't know if you, you feel the same, but I, I feel like there's been a bit of a greater appreciation of nature during the last few months and even an increased uh, interest in, in growing your own stuff um, and tending to plants. Can you see that um, becoming a more permanent thing, like people taking that, um, that appreciation of nature and the joy of kind of growing things? Can you see that transitioning into our everyday lives whenever we return back to, to a kind of some sense of normality? Yeah, I hope so more than anything. <laughs> it's my initial answer. I really, really hope so because I was speaking to someone else about it who's a psychologist. Um, and she was saying she's done a lot of research into nature as well and things like that. And we were saying that actually, if you look right back to like World, like World War One and stuff like that, in times of crisis, 
like this as well we've always gone back to nature and growing our own food it's just a natural thing that for some reason we do and I can obviously I do it anyway but you've seen people that would never like you'd never imagine would be into gardening over lockdown that have suddenly gone into lockdown like started gardening and growing their own food and it is the best feeling and it's helping it is helping so many people and giving them a purpose and a lifeline but it's also just keeping people busy I think um without going yeah but don't take it too deep I think it just gives people something to do and if they've got an outside space it's finally giving them an opportunity to maybe appreciate it a bit more because they can't go anywhere else so actually let's focus in and try and make use of what we've actually got a bit more and appreciate that a bit more which I think is really powerful and actually if we can all appreciate nature I think that's going to be a massive thing positive to come out of lockdown is if we all actually yeah, just appreciate what we've all got a bit more in terms of the outside and the environment and we all look after it a bit more but yeah I really hope it's something that people stick to and they sort of see why it's helping and not just because they're getting food out of it and it's this panic thing I hope they suddenly realize those natural things that are helping as well with their own mental health or whether it's just an escape actually because I think you've suddenly got lots of families that are suddenly in lockdown together which might not have, might normally not be all together at the same time 24 7 they'd be at work all of a sudden which is suddenly creating sometimes it's doing relationships and families real, it's done really well for them but others actually it's created a really volatile dangerous situation that might have already been there slightly but with lockdown it's made it 10 times worse so I think with the garden at least it's giving people an escape and somewhere to go um whether they're just sitting in it or whether they're growing their own food really yeah can you see like after after this after we kind of do go back to to normality can you see the way that we design our buildings and schools in particular in our cities can you see the way that we design them changing to incorporate more green spaces and nature because you like see i was reading about a hospital in singapore where they it's covered in green stuff and they're kind of the rates of recover i can't remember if it's specifically a mental health hospital but their their rates of recovery have increased and even i think there's data to show that if a patient has a a bed that looks out over a green space compared to you know looking out over concrete or just a wall that that really helps to improve their kind of just general well-being yeah it's it's quite it's, well, it's not funny it's interesting because you say that and that's that is one of the studies i've looked at a lot is and it's right is that whole theory but it's then you think about it and you think well okay we we know that green space works especially for people in hospitals and things like that or people that are vulnerable and they can see wider they can see further um and it helps to me i've even thought when i've been stuck in four walls actually like it lot, it's minimizes your creativity it minimizes everything so i think yeah opening it out the outdoor space is going to give you more a natural space i suppose as well green space is definitely going to help whether or not it changes how we build i really hope so um, it's a tough one because I think you'll always have um, this isn't me not me not me being negative but you'll always have people that are more money focused that want to build big high-rise flats and sell them all off um, and make a load of money out of green land but I really hope that even those people start to question it a bit more um, or say for example they do decide they want to build a whole high-rise high, high block of flats in a green space 
maybe they might think about making sure that they, they keep a good amount of green space around that block of flats, for example, instead of putting up two high-rise blocks of flat and then just leaving them in a little concrete space to sit outside. Um, I really do hope it will change people's, yeah, how people think about things going forward. I hope, yeah, it's a tricky question to like to say a definite thing on, but I just really hope that it does. I live off, I totally live off grid on a narrowboat, so I can say I'm pretty much out of it, but yeah, I really hope it does change ways. I think it does with hospital gardens and things like that. I think they definitely see the value. Schools definitely see the value. I think even now going back in September, I speak to a lot of schools because I work in them, but they've already said, like, even in September, they're not sure how things are going to be. So to have, but they can do a lot more outside. You can have more children outside uh, because the risk is so much lower, of, for example, because of COVID, particularly at the minute. Um, so I think having those outdoor spaces are crucial, whether it's just to be able to educate children more efficiently in the near future, but just as a place to learn because actually we don't me for me for example i i'm not a sit down in a classroom type of person i think that's why i didn't like school as well i'm very much i learn by doing i'm very much hands-on i'm creative so i would have learned a lot more if they put me outside every single day than if they kept me in a classroom every single day and i hope that maybe it highlights that to teach them schools a lot more and they think about having maybe more outdoor classrooms and allowing that to be a possibility and not just constantly from nine till half three in a class like in an indoor space yeah i think i think when they brought schools back in denmark it was kind of it was mandated that they had to be outside i don't know if that's still going on but i suppose one benefit of of this whole period is that schools will have to think differently about how how to teach kids and that might result in I suppose kind of more holistic curriculum and and more innovative ideas yeah that's what i really i really hope so anyway and with and with like businesses as well i think so what let's take all that let's take as much as we can if we can take as much of it outside it's going to do the staff a world of good which will then impact on people's work and their performance even if you're in an office and you've got a green view out the window i do think as maybe as hippy dippy as it sounds I do think it will improve people's yeah how people perform at work and how happy they are if they've got a window with a green space and not just four walls for example or a window onto a horrible view I do think it makes a difference yeah I, I don't know if you'd agree but I, I can definitely see that becoming a bit of a trend that across across uh, kind of well-being and mental health generally that companies who are very much profit driven and now starting to realize that actually you do really need to look after the health of your employees because you know actually if you look after them better they'll be more productive um and they'll talk about how good it is to work there so it it kind of just makes sense really so yeah to finish we always ask uh how you personally look after your your own mental health it's it's a mixture and i think actually yeah, it's quite an interesting one because people, a lot of people go, are you still looking after yourself? Because obviously, yeah, I've had my whole history and I've still got, I still have to do a lot of the coping mechanisms I learned through that. And I still suffer with like some PTSD trauma from, from different parts of my life and stuff. So from the like the, more of the abusive side of stuff, I still have trauma flashbacks and have to deal with that all the time. Um, so I think it's, 
allowing myself to feel those emotions is something that I've is one how I embrace it I think before I'd, I'd tried to shun or try to just put them to one side and forget about it if I was feeling anxious or um whereas now I've learned actually it that doesn't work um you can't get rid of those negative thoughts in your head by just going trying to think about just going right I want to forget them it doesn't work unfortunately I remember when my psychiatrist told me that and I was I was not happy um she's like you can't do it like that you've got to embrace it and so if I'm having a sad day or I'm just down what I've learned now actually is just to embrace that sadness um and not sort of dwell on it but just go right okay accept it and then create say okay well that was my plan for today but how can I change that plan to do better with like to cope better with how I'm feeling and to manage it a lot better sometimes so sometimes I'll change my day and my whole plan just so I know that I can handle that feeling better um, and I think that's actually really important and then also my garden is huge for me so I have it's all containers now on the towpath because I gave up my personal allotment when I gave up my old career and my house and stuff last year to do what I do but I've still got 65 foot worth of and four rows deep of containers which is my garden which has definitely helped me and then last year I took up knitting um, so I'm pretty I get stereotypically called an old lady a lot but but it massively helps as well I think with knitting it's just one of those other creative things where you're making something out of a ball of wool which doesn't really look like a lot but you can make a garment or a scarf or things like that and and it's quite sens sensory based with the fabric and stuff so I think between those two is physical activities and then just talking a lot more I'm a lot more open I ask for a lot more help now than what I did before I've realized I can't do everything on my own um and yeah and just embracing those moments and gradually working through them and having people around me that understand when I'm having a trauma trigger flashback that actually they they help me embrace it and work through it instead of trying to and understand it I think and people trying to understand if you try and understand people's mental health I think that can make a big difference I think that's what my biggest ask is with people is actually if you try and understand mental health and don't be afraid to ask people that you know that might be struggling with mental health ask them questions like how it what might help that particular person how they feel and really try and understand it so I think other people can be quite judgmental or stereotype people but I think that would do a lot of good as well. Yeah, I think um, you were saying about kind of knitting and stuff. Something that's really helped me during this time is um, I'm living in my granddad's old house, um, and I kind of knew he had. He was a carpenter, and I, I kind of knew he had, like in my memory, I knew he had, like. A shed where he used to go and do like work stuff but I couldn't I couldn't remember where it was uh, and anyway I was kind of looking in the garage and then I found this door like tried to push it didn't work um, so I came back the next day and then I realized it was a kind of there was a sliding door <laughs> so I slid it open and there's this kind of amazing workshop in there um, and I've been kind of doing or well, not very well but I've been trying to do like woodwork and stuff like that and that has been, for some reason, that has just been so beneficial to my own mental health because I think it's, well, I, I don't know if it's the same for you while knitting, but I, do, I just can't really think of anything else while I'm doing it. Like, I just, I just kind of 
you hear kind of athletes saying about being in the zone, but I, I, I kind of feel like that is very similar. I just don't think about anything else. I just think about what I'm doing, which is really nice. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. It's even if, yeah, it's just, it switches off. I used to do running and bodybuilding and stuff like that. And even that helped until my knees decided that oh, they didn't want me to do it anymore. But even that, you just, it's finding something that you enjoy, whether or not you're good, as you say, whether or not you're that good at it or not, it doesn't really matter. It's finding something that enables you, yeah, to switch off and just forget everything that's going around or circling in your head and make something, make something that you've made, whether it, yeah, whether it's, make like good enough to sell or not but whether like it's just something that you've made and you can feel it and you've got that texture in your hands and then yeah I think it's it's double whammy it forget helps forget things but it also makes you believe in yourself and achieve something that maybe you didn't think you were able to achieve before with a bit of time and patience yeah Annabelle that's been been really interesting and 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 the advice that you gave just before I kind of interrupted with my woodwork story was was really good um just to finish where can we find more about you know what you do about um about your work and all that stuff yeah so i'm on so i've got the main website which is www.lifeatnumber27.com and then i'm also on facebook twitter instagram that's main. that's mainly i've got a youtube channel but the, some of the videos are really old now um so I need to do a bit more when I've got a bit more time but yeah that's pretty much where you can then find me and then every so often I'm normally in a normal year I'm doing quite a few of the shows and stuff like that Um, Brilliant, Annabelle that's been absolutely fascinating, thank you Thank you very much Hi everyone I really hope you enjoyed that episode Just a quick note to say although the things Annabelle and I talked about we may find helpful we're not trained medical professionals if you're struggling with your mental health, please contact your GP or an organisation like Samaritans on 116 123.